This is the Human Node Podcast. Human Node is the first crypto biometric network where one human is equal to one node. Learn how you can become a human node at humannode.io. We'll be starting shortly. Um, today we have a very interesting thing that we're going to talk about. Um, you know, talking about the empowerment of um, DAOs and of various democratic systems. And um, as always, we're going to answer like any questions that arise during the fireside because this is not an official statement. This is just a fireside to talk about stuff. Uh, I see there's somebody who wants to say something uh, before we start. Okay, let's. Um, yeah, sure, Anthony, you have a question. Okay. So, more minutes. Can you meet here? Um, yeah. Just a minute. Let me look at this Okay, everybody, welcome to this episode of uh, Humanode, uh, the Humanode Fireside. We are here to talk about um, many things today, actually. The main topic, we'll be discussing things DAOs uh, and how, all things DAOs and how Humanode empowers them. Uh, there are some other things that we can talk about a little earlier, uh, a little later in the show. And... Um, yeah, so Dasha, shall we shall we begin? Yeah, it's probably my time. You want to say something? Uh, no, I was just gonna say that, you know, um, since once again here I am in Georgia, haven't been able to get back to Japan due to COVID at all. You know, uh, we're here sitting across each other, which is rare. Usually we're sitting across the ocean. <laughs> So we'll we'll be sharing this one microphone and this one uh, connection here. So uh, don't get confused. It's not <laughs> Dato's dual personality talking to each other. Or is it? Or we, is it through a personality? <laughs> we never know. Anyway, okay. So uh, let's get on uh, on today's topic. So um, as um, the human elves and friends. Have chosen we're talking about the empowerment of DAOs. And um, before speaking about how human DAOs empowers DAOs, it would be really wise to talk about the state of DAOs that, that is right now. And basically, um, from the principles and you know the latest highlights of the market, probably, um, as you might very well know, um, the networks that are decentralized have to be. Uh, somehow governed in a decentralized manner. And, um, yeah, basically the the, net, the market kind of goes back to DAOs as a decentralized autonomous organization, but this term in itself and this abbreviation is not quite precise because the DAOs are about like automated organizations and it's more like a, like a DAC a decentralized autonomous community because it's not just smart contracts and um, neural networks making decisions. Decisions are made by people and 
people are like an integral part of what's going on um, in, in a decentralized network and how uh, the democratic consensus on things should be reached. And um, like, guys, I want you to name like uh, various problems which um, modern DAOs in the market are facing right now. Can you like name a few right out of the top of your head? Well, I mean, you know, one of the easiest ones or simplest ones is that um, the voting power is too concentrated amongst, you know, small groups of people. You know, people, it, it's basically, at least in my point of view, many of the uh, larger quote unquote DAOs are not DAOs and they're more centralized than anything. I mean, I've been on board of directors, uh, you know, for companies that were more decentralized than some of the DAOs. Yeah, it happens pretty often that, you know, the best projects were initially bought out by A16Z and now they can't take any decision without them. Be it like putting Uniswap to Polygon or whatever else. So pretty crucial decisions which involve a lot of money then cannot be made by community really. But you know, there's another point of view that uh, all those networks have been constructed and the principles of their democratization are um, secondary because, you know, to make something technologically, you have to maintain organization and to have the organization have, central, have like a centralized body that makes decisions and creates ideas. And um, efficiency versus um, decentralization, I think it's uh, this uh, um, kind of quarrel that is happening um, in regards to this problem. And I, I agree there. Um, as in, if everything is out there in the open and there's no structure, um, you know, it's, it, nothing's going to happen because people in general, uh, including myself, are lazy. You know, if, if we don't have to do something, we don't want to do it. And um, trying to get everybody to to say yes or no, even if we're trying to decide on lunch, it's almost impossible unless we have somebody that says, okay, we're making the call, we're going to the restaurant, mm -hmm. get in the car now or else. <laughs> I mean, you can decentralize the um, validation network all you want, but if the development and the, like, the idea creation of the network is not decentralized as well, then you are stuck with uh, an entity that, you know, develop stuff and pushes like code for it um holds like centralized power over the data that it pushes and like all the infrastructure that support supports their coding activities in a secret centralized way and at the same time it remains as the biggest validator in the lab so it catches it in terms of validation in terms of monetary power and in terms of development power and if you just briefly look at uh, pro-state networks, pro-world networks out there, uh, a body like this emerges that kind of uh, infuses all the aspects in one particular company or place held by a very limited amount of people from which there's always like several people who hold uh, the most power in decision-making. Yeah, actually there were a few attempts that we 
discussed a few years ago with the guys from Ethereum. Uh, one of those was quadratic voting. Another of those is something that, well, new projects are making. They're just uh, making the coefficient for those who hold a lot for funds that bought into the project. They're making their coefficient of vote like four times less. So these are the attempts to, you know, to control it more or less that right now the crypto community has because of the limited technology we have right now on chain. <coughs> well, see, you know, to be fair, if we were talking about like private blockchains where um, your blockchain is like only integral in into your corporation or like a company, buying into it with uh, some amount of stake and then receiving uh, you know, dividends from the commission and emission, as well as getting like, the same proportionate amount of validation power would be okay. It would be a, a great structure for any corp, 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 corporation that wants to be uh, fluid and liquid with its assets. And But in terms of like um, a system that supports like legal contracts, um, that supports monetary um, transactions between uh, various social economic groups, like between different entities. Um, well, this basically making uh, monetary systems belong to a, a giant corporate structure. So in, in, in this regard, uh, the state kind of oligopolizes uh, the monetary system which it refers to. Well, I, I guess, you know, one thing that needs to be considered when we're talking about um, the DAOs for various projects is that, you know, is the scope of what we're governing over. And if we're talking about currency and everything that happens there, who gets uh, projects, who gets payments, yeah, it can get a little uh, sticky if only a few people have a voice. Mm -hmm. um, it, it really comes down to the project and what we're trying to aim for. So, I mean, in the case of Humanoid, I mean, it, it is, in my point of view, fairly clear. I mean, we're governing over the uh, the system that supports the crypto biometric network and uh, the development of the report. And we're basically giving the most of uh, equally to the participants in the network. Because this, we believe that, you know, biometrics are, you know, basic human rights and you want to have a voice about it. You know, we're trying to structure this in a, you know, um, one person, one vote structure. I don't know. I honestly don't know that, you know, one person, one vote structure will work for every organization or for every project. <laughs> You know, it could be for certain portions of the project. You know, when we're talking development and we have specific goals, well, you know, if the vote is to develop it, then, you know, of course, the the power to develop whatever has to be a little more uh, centralized within that section, that sector, that project. But I don't know. I mean, what are you th your thoughts? Well, you know, there's like another problem which is um, more direct in, in proof stakes. Um, you know, proof stake based DAOs, basically the voters' apathy. And it's not because the voters are inactive, 
it's because the um, the right to vote goes out with the token, but not everyone wants to kind of dedicate themselves to have any activity in, in regards to uh, decision-making on a network. You just don't have time for it, but you buy token for games or for uh, in form of investment and you don't dedicate yourself to uh, actual voting. And that's why uh, all the systems that are counting monetary giveaways to people that are inactive are increasing this factor of risk that their like a quorum will not be assembled. Yeah. yeah, I mean the whole issue here is that the governance is in a sense too tied into the token. I, you know, I know various projects are trying to separate their governance token with their actual token, probably trying to fight this issue, but Creating more tokens won't solve it. <laughs> I mean, the underlying problem is that um, if the system believes that every single voter is unique, um, a potential perpetrator could easily spawn millions of bots and overrun any decision in the system of equal nodes. If there's no mm, no civil defense to kind of defend it from masks and various uh, 2D and attacks that uh, can happen on various devices. And, um, well, like one of the principles that Humanode wishes to deliver to DAOs is the civil resistance in terms of uh, biometric validation um, and like verification of uh, uniqueness and uh, existence of you know, validators that are converted into voters in the network. To build like a proper democratic consensus so that one human being has one vote and, you know, DAOs built on top of this principle can already modify and custom uh, so many uh, wonderful democratic things on top of it, such as delegation of the voice um, or various, uh, you know, um, censuses that, uh, uh, choose representatives or many other various forms of democracy that exist in the world. And it kind of disconnects the monetary value from a person's ability to vote and participate in the system. And uh, well, if, if a person doesn't have money, not a lot of it, and he's not, he's not conducting some entrepreneurial um, activities to uh, control a network, he can still participate in it, and then he can still bring value without being a millionaire, which you cannot do in pro-work and pro-stake networks because of their size. Well, I wonder, uh, for example, if we take <coughs> not a proof-of-stake network, but DAO that was organized in the same token vote fashion over Ethereum, is there any way that Humanode can still save those that are already there and cost billions of dollars? Well, I, I don't know if there's a way to uh, change their ways. There, there are things that we can do to assist. I mean, could create a you know one person one vote voting system to to give the final decision makers the decision makers you know reason what people are actually yeah. thinking. 
what, what what they actually want versus what is being decided. And actually, we have seen you know tribes that are emerging because people have different views in the votes about the protocol, right? But we haven't yet seen something like crypto party who are like trying to influence the decision of those in power. And this is something that could appear later with Humanoid, you know, just <coughs> people verifying their identities, getting into parties, trying to influence those who have the most tokens and the most vote. Well, what, what kind of influence can you make on a person that wields direct control over like funds? <laughs> like you can try to influence all you want, but I'm a decision maker in the pro-world and process system just because I have more money than you do. Well, they're public people sometimes, uh, especially when you know, big funds buy them out. So they will have to cater to what people tell on Twitter or wherever sometimes, if that's an organized movement enough okay. to do that. Just, yeah. just, just to give you an idea of how a truly decentralized DAO could be different from a more centralized DAO. Let's just look at you know regular corporate structure. Okay, so if um, I am a VC and I want to buy out a company or I want to invest into a company, mm -hmm. the one thing that I make sure that I'd be doing is to make sure that they don't have that many shareholders, that their shareholder pool is as small as possible so that it's easier to control uh, a group. Mm -hmm. So um, in companies that I've been in, uh, we'd start out with, let's say, you know, we have 10 people that are working, you know, from ground zero, bootstrapping it. We make it, you know, let's say 10 people, we all get 10% each. And the VCs come in and says, well, no, uh, the CEO is going to have to have at least 50 or 60%. So mm -hmm. you're going to have to consolidate all of those. And, you know, people get angry, people leave, whatever. And then when, you know, after a while, the VCs will start saying, okay, we don't really need these guys, right? Just buy them out, buy their stocks out, consolidate what's more. So, you know, they'll centralize the authority as much as possible because then once they have a majority, they can either, you know, grow it and, of course, sell it to the public if they want to, or they can, if they see that they're not going to be able to recover the money, they can slice it and dice it and sell it in pieces. So, you know, the the main goal for a lot of the people with money, mm -hmm. you know, their goal is to make money. And it's easier to make money if you have more control over the entire system. Now, what is what I find interesting here is what is going to happen uh, with humans. So that's why a few funds turned us down, right? <laughs> oh, I'm quite sure that that is exactly why. As, I mean, as of this moment right now, uh, in Humanoid Testnet, our second version two Humanoid Testnet, we have uh, 978 nodes. We're just a little shy of a thousand. Hopefully, we'll make it within the next couple of hours. But this is 978 unique individuals, unique nodes. Now, by the time we launch mainnet, we want this number to grow to 10,000. 
So imagine 10,000 people having a voice, potentially, in the direction of where this can head. How many VCs or how many groups of uh, money makers will want to uh, control or buy out 10,000 people? <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, still, um, they can because they can buy out the monetary supply. That's true. If we give it to them. But we will not. Let <laughs> we, um, you'll soon learn. And uh, basically, um, uh, it's, it's maybe okay for them that there's like such a democratic ideology of a project where voting is purely, you know, equal among people. That's why people will believe in it. That's why I have to buy more monetary supply because I can control the price, right? Mm -hmm. So like you're you're using that psychology to buy well, Basically, in a monetary perspective, if if the buyout of funds is bigger than the buyout of people, then there's some price control, speculative movements, or the um, you know talking itself. Um, so there there's still like vectors of attacks that can be done by people who want to kind of grab onto the power, but in this regard, it is not <laughs> as awful as in uh, like other uh, you know networks because there they control it from the outside using like uh, price movements and uh, like uh, buying out when they want, selling what they want, and at the same time they control it from the inside, making proposals, controlling the development, knowing anything about uh, what's going in the ecosystem because they control it and then they buy into it. To control it more, so this is there's this is like a, a step away, but still, you know, people with money can uh, be quite influential. Mm -hmm. This is something that Jack Dorsey <coughs> talked about recently, uh, and actually, the uh, analyst from A16Z, oh no, the the, the founder of A16Z and Anderson Horowitz Fund, I mean himself. He banned uh, Jack Dorsey on Twitter <laughs> for saying that, but I mean, the guy is moving in the right direction. So, uh, Dato, let's, you know, going back to our main topic here. Yeah. I mean, how can humanoid empower the existing DAOs? You know, we've been discussing like the pure, equal, uh, DAO based on like human nodes. Yeah. But that's our own experiment. That's like, our mm -hmm. own experiment. That's how we're building like the human node branch. But the human node technology is going to be open source as soon as we are like having like a stable version working so that other people won't build on a <laughs> well and a prototype that breaks down every couple of minutes. And um, I mean people will be able to integrate into any pro stake or proof work or whatever system, pro blah, any system that you might think of as a um, you know some symbiotic way of uh, creating a proper defense for your network. So uh, hybrid proof state uh, proof uh, human existence based civil resistance or um, networks like any network out there can have um, staking and proof of uh, someone's existence and uniqueness behind the node that he's just you know kind of representing. Um, one of the biggest um, examples is Cosmos, as they don't have a lot of like 
uh, nodes in their system and uh, every big value is known, right? They can easily kind of uh, integrate human node to validate um, either a person or a group behind each node and so that the transparency and trust in the system could be much better, in, you know, and many other different examples and variations are possible. Yeah, for example, you know, there's sometimes very cheap, zero commission, but anonymous validators. And you never know when they go offline. That's the problem with them. But I think we could empower those, you know, lonely validators who just want to be part of the infrastructure, but they are not really big financial entities as those staking companies who, who market themselves and place bigger commissions saying that they're safe, secure, and things like that. Hmm. Are there any other examples of this? Well, yeah, a lot of DAOs came to us saying, hey guys, our launch is next year, February. Can you make something about it, please? So uh, one of the examples from the public goods ecosystem uh, is of course universal basic income. Yeah, the only way people are trying to do that right now is through social vouching, making all people uh, reveal who they are. And, uh, you know, they make people talk to each other so that they could check each other, do things like that. And it doesn't really scale well when you want to launch a DAO for thousands of people in about a week or so. So these people are coming to us to bootstrap their universal basic income project. Yeah, that's just one of the examples. So uh, I can go on, Shannon. If, well, you can go on. Like. You yeah. do, do go on. So the other great example are small DAOs. They have their own problem. Um, imagine like five people creating a small organization for buying out uh, NFT artwork together, pooling their funds because they pretty much know each other, but they never know how much one of the DAO members' money has in reality, right? So what he can do, he can just, you know, pull more money than others. And if you have a basic, like, system, he will just have one vote for the whole DAO, right? Uh, the only way to stop it and limit their power in terms of, well, such an occasion is to know exactly, well, yeah, this is the person who holds the power in this small DAO. Thus, we limit his power to like 49% and that's it. He can't, you know, become the only decision maker in a small DAO. It's really crucial because there is no law. People are all in different countries, right? They're only smart contracts to coordinate their activities. And they could be in a really bad situation, just all their money captured but one voter he's doing everything he wants buying all the art he wants and the guys are just stuck in that DAO with him without being able to do anything doctor do you have any examples that you can think of yeah well it's the example that i don't really talk about but um it's actually like you know uh, the the private and decentralized technology that we're trying to build for biometrics um, create this uh, unique uh, way to vote for something um, in a pseudonymous way, right? Not an anonymous, but um, 
there can be anyone behind a terminal in the proof of stake network. Like it can be an address, but you know, people using the address can change, you know, and they can sign and vote just you know by being there. Voting on human node or through human node will be done using the biometrics of a person. So the system doesn't know who the person is, but it knows that it was the same very person that received the right to vote, and not anybody else. And this is like a crucial principle, which is not, you know, it's un unachievable on other networks, because they, they don't implement um, non-transparent biometrics. Oh yeah, they can't even achieve it in uh, the government, many, many countries. Well, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, there could be like our organizations behind a single address, right? And um, you wouldn't really know who you're giving this vote. Yeah. And imagine like that somebody holds like a vote in a in the system, right? And he's like assigned this address, and yes says like some amount of stake that he holds and that's the power and at the same time there are organizations behind large sums that like organize stuff together like marketing and stuff and because of the sheer amount of people coordinating stuff better or in larger quantities than you they will will be more popular for the delegators they'll be more efficient and they all has always have power uh, because they cannot collapse, they cannot fall, fall ill, they're always there. And this is bound to a person. It's 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 only done by the same person who was given the voting right to, and I think that's a very important principle. So we're about 30 minutes into this uh, fireside. Uh, it's about time to open the floor up to any questions, if there are any. Uh, feel free to raise your hand and someone here will unmute you. Or if you uh, are shy and don't want to speak up, you can type the question out in our uh, chat in the Human Node Hub. So um, this is your chance. Speak up. <coughs> mm, let's see. We have our shy group today. Let me go. Oh, we have one person here. Yes, Silas. Yeah. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah, a quick question. Uh, you mentioned today that your goal for the mindnet is around 10K of nodes. So is that um, will be collided somehow to the time when you, or how you think it will scale? Like now we have around 1K of nodes, yeah? 980, I suppose, at, uh, three minutes ago, something like that. And uh, do you plan to, like, when you meet that requirement, then announce the mainnet uh, launch or something like that? Or, or how do you see the involvement of the test process right now? Do we have different iterations or testnet uh, for testing the nodes or? how it goes. Thank you. Yes, thank you for the question. Um, no, actually, there's a lot of things that should be built until the mainnet is uh, capable of being a proper defended network. 
Um, we're planning to uh, stretch the possibilities of substrate and we want to see how our uh, basically proof of human existence based substrate pellets can we hold nodes working together. Um, because we're going to have another test net with the finalizing blocks, um, well, closer to uh, the summer, I, I suppose. Also, uh, there's going to be uh, upgrades to uh, different test nets, including this one, in terms of privacy, um, as we're going to make sure that the biometric template computation are done in a trusted environment. Um, and only a running test after running testnet 3, we're going to be redeploying uh, the main net. And of course, as we always do, the entrance to the main net will be uh, mm, like based on proof of time and proof of devotion um, of people that were running the, the main net nodes. Otherwise, we think that some kind of pre mine is not a pro proper principle of equality. I hope that I answered your question. Yeah, thank you. That would be enough. Yeah. Okay, so um, uh, people know. Premier? Hello. Yep. Okay. Great to see you again. Oh, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, my question about how the DAO progress is going to work because most of the foundations and projects allocate big amounts of tokens because they want to fund their ecosystem improvements and they want to some in some type of control of the chain early on but they keep going over that and they align with several also big entities so they mostly control all of that structure from start to end you mentioned multiple people's probably thousands or more maybe more people going to take action on the on-chain decisions, but how this going to be in structure exactly? So um, l let me kind of clear the question uh, for myself. Basically, you're asking about like how the, the DAO is going to work in Humano, or you're referring to um, the token sale? And not about the token sale, but how they are going to be utilized or funded actually because it should have some funds from somewhere probably i don't know what's the plan for that oh uh so you you're asking basically where the funds in the dao appear right that question yes oh of course so um initially we're planning to allocate um um a part of the tokens to uh, dao and there's going to be like a special um, type of DAO that we call Vortex with its structures and um, formation. Uh, it's a special body that uh, consists of human nodes to um, basically create proposals, vote on them, and uh, decide on the funding as well. So, yeah, initially we will bootstrap funding uh, for the first years actually not by dumping the token <laughs> but uh, the part of the public sale funds will eventually go to the hands of the DAO and will be dependent on its voting though you should check out the DAO structure in the white paper and it will tell you like no there won't be full control of 
1,000 of nodes over everything that is happening in DAO from the day one, but there will be a gradual process of decentralization and uh, treasury, uh, you mean, I mean, money of the DAO, its assets, this, the, the control of it is restricted to who can make proposals on uh, how it is structured. So thing is, the more you have, uh, the more time you run the node and the longer you vote in the system and participate in the system, the more rights you have to propose crucial stuff like the distribution of treasury and things like that. But uh, eventually, after full decentralization, the goal is that the treasury itself is also controlled by the DAO and by the votes of the people in the DAO. And only then the money can be released to the grantee. The idea is pretty simple. The person who spends voting on chain um, for four years um, and also participates in the projects of the DAO and creates an idea that is accepted by a DAO for realization will have the same voting proposals and power as the founders. That's that's our goal in four years' time. Yeah, and there are like actually more tiers than that, and you're getting special rights even if you at least vote, or you already have special rights. Uh, but if you do it for a longer time period, like one year, then two year, you're getting more and more rights in the system. But rights doesn't mean that your voting power is growing. Yeah, regardless of whether you're like. Uh, an old voting validator or just a new person that registered for the first day, voting power is always equal to one because we're all equal human beings. The only difference is that you will be able to propose uh, more depending on your uh, proposal rank or governance rank. But all uh, people who participate in governance will have the equal one vote each. I um, think uh, I think yeah. you increase your some kind of trust score so you can do more or act yeah, more. Pro pro propose more. Uh, at first, you can propose product uh, changes on in the ecosystem or create new projects, and in the end, you can change like monetary uh, propositions, core DAO structural changes, and various uh, other core things of the human node. But I, I'm um, repeating myself, but this is only referring to the type of human nodes that we are building. Know this, like civil resistant technology can be implemented in other networks and it can be done otherwise. Yeah, and actually there are two more, uh, you know, things to bootstrap treasury. Well, not to bootstrap, but this is something that will uh, refill the treasury. I mean, continuously. And the first thing is that the DAO decides uh, what percentage of the commission fees go directly to the treasury, then to be used by the DAO. Thing number one, it can be one, two percent, basically on top of the commission fee, and that's it. And the other thing is uh, that the biometric providers, right? So there is there a special market for biometric providers. And uh, as we are a non-profit organization, right? We're not making business out of it, out of our network, providing biometrics to everybody. So 
those uh, companies who give us the biometric technology to our network to enhance our lightness detection, to give us uh, access to technology to scan different modalities, they not, are not only setting their own fee for uh, using the technology, but they are also setting, hmm, I want this part of the fee to go to the DAO. So, you know, this more or less like a charity, but at the same time, it's not, and it's for the benefit of the uh, whole human out DAO, and it doesn't go to the company or to like the founders, right? It goes directly to the treasury. I see. So the biometric providers also going to be have a bit more power at the start, I suppose, since they directly choose. Well, actually, they won't have. <laughs> I I can provide you an example, right? Uh, imagine we have yeah, sure. five biometric providers and the DAO chooses, well, who are we inter to integrate next? Of course, these are companies, they have to be paid. And uh, uh, one biometric provider says, okay, I'm taking uh, five cents for every biometric check, right? Because that's what I usually charge. But at the same time, I propose that as a commission fee for those who will be using uh, through HumanOut network, my biometric technology already integrated in HumanOut, uh, the price for them will be 10 cents, not 5 cents, meaning that they're saying that our DAO will have half of that. So the biometric providers themselves bet on uh, their own commission, right, that they want to get, and they tell how much they are willing to share with the DAO. And, you know, these two things create a market between biometric providers where the DAO will choose, do we choose this one or do we choose that one? Biometric provider, uh, also thinking about the users of the network, of course, and what they will have yeah, to that, pay. That doesn't make sense. For your question there. Um, okay, Igor, let me um, uh, just speak and go ahead. Hello, everyone. Can you hear me? We Hello can there. hear you. <laughs> Igor, can you hear us? Oh, sorry. I was speaking with the muted microphone. Yeah. Hello, everyone. That um, happens. First of all, thanks for the session and all your answers. It, it makes a deeper impression of the project. And it, it's really cool. Uh, the question is, my question is regarding the testnet. Uh, is it going to be the incentivized testnet or not? Who knows? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. At, at this stage, um, do you want it to be incentivized? <laughs> yeah, I do. you need it to be incentivized? <laughs> I don't. The reason why I'm the reason why I'm asking uh, is that. Um, you can receive a token in the testnet, but there is not much. I like I, I wasn't able to find the list of assignments what to do with the tokens. Besides, I mean, uh, transfer to another account, for example, and that, that's it. So, is, is there yeah, maybe well, you, you can just through the polka um, UI, you can basically print them, send them to each other, but um. Answering your like original question is like, um, Igor, what would you think about um, the testnet if uh, it had like a thousand nodes and all the people participating 
and it knew that it's incentivized. Or you would see a test net where there's like almost thousand nodes and it's not incentivized at all. And people are making nodes, well, and deploying them for their own like electricity costs or cloud costs just because of the idea. Wouldn't we be more like um, idea driven and pure? Community, yeah, community driven if it's if it's not incentivized. And uh, actually, well, yeah, sorry, sure, 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 go ahead. Actually, you are absolutely right because in in terms when you're using the not incentive like just regular test mat, uh, it's about the idea. And what's regarding the incentivized one, it uh, makes more people to do the. Um, I mean the assignments that you want them to do. For example, you have some particular assignments to make a boat, etc. It will be much easier. Uh, that's more only my opinion. Oh, uh, yeah. Re regarding you know the things that uh, we were anticipating people to do on the mainnet. Well, the main thing and the novel thing is the biometric identification, and uh, there is a, a small hint. So. Uh, some of people, we can see that people have hard times going through biometric authentication. And that's actually what we're testing mostly right now. Not taking into account that the developers and even developers from community are testing our software, you know, uh, just uh, making the node overloaded with the requests uh, you know, spamming transactions on their own as that's testnet in, in big amounts because developers can do that. Uh, those are the things that are happening in the back end, I mean, behind the scenes. Uh, and yeah, for us, the main thing right now is to test out the biometrics themselves. Uh, I think that when we later on move and uh, launch the third testnet, which will be before the mainnet, yeah, there will be much more things to do because we will be testing out the voting system probably. Yeah, I mean, the voting system, first of all, thanks for the answer. And yeah, the voting system and maybe uh, finding some bugs in the in the software as well, because we have experienced um, it's already the second test we are participating in with the human node. And we had some issues with, with uh, scanning the face so maybe it might help to report those issues as well. Well, we actually, I think we gathered all of the issues that you guys had, and they're like already two weeks us. ago in development. Us. Yeah, it will be it will be much better uh, to the mainnet, and it really gave us a lot of knowledge, guys. I mean, of how mm -hmm. you are using it. We're still getting bugs, and you know, discovering new ones every day. Every day, and there's like work ongoing and. We'll but, you know, doing one, that endlessly. Yeah. One one thing that I will say, um, although um, I'm not going to say too much, is that there are two concepts that actually Dato mentioned here, and that is in our white paper, in our governance model, and everything. But it's proof of time and proof of devotion, and uh, we see uh, the community blogging. We see the people who. Uh, are continuously contributing. We see, um, you know, people that are attracted to this. Uh, you, you can tell that you know you have you have a group of people that are really working 
uh, on the step stitch because they think the idea is great. And we notice that and we see that. So uh, one hint, I think, is when uh, Dato mentioned that when we launched mainnet, say, okay, you know, who's, who are going to be, you know, uh, the validators here, who's going to be able to launch Ubuntu first? Maybe, just maybe. <laughs> just those people who were running it for her. Stop, <laughs> stop saying <laughs> that. <Maybe>. No, <laughs> no. Okay, we don't know. Uh, but really don't know, but yeah. I, I, I will say that uh, no, knowing the founders here, knowing the team and being part of the team, I can say that, uh, yeah, uh, you will probably get more than just you know a kiss in the air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you okay. might get a you <laughs> Thank you very, very much for your question, Igor. Um, uh, really sorry about this. Like, um, Denny. Uh, um, that was just a question, so I would like, I'd like to give him. Thank you for your question. Thank you for your question, man. Okay, just a minute. Let me finish. So, Danny, you're up. Oh, okay. Can you hear me? Yes, can hear you great. Oh, thanks. Um, um, I have like slightly different question than uh, um, testnet related. Um, I read your article about uh, at the blog. Uh, I thought. Uh, this was about all of all things about DAOs. So um, my question is, how will Humanoid contribute to performance management or reward resource re resource distribution of DAOs? I mean, do we look at possibilities where we can actually link or match the activity of the account to the activity of the human identity and properly distribute resources or reward to the accountable human identity rather than just account-based distrib distribution? That's exactly, you're right to the point. I mean, nothing to add here, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, um, there's there's one more follow-up question, and I just want to hear about your opinion. Do you think this will increase the mobility of the work for DAOs or lessen the mobility? I mean, linking the activity of the account with the actual human identity. Well, it certainly automates the way you count uh, something done by somebody in the system, right? But um, optimizing stuff is is really dependable on the stages that are happening in governance of a system. And uh, well, you can have a civil resistant uh, accounts that kind of are linked to its actions and activities, but um, like, well, some processes are optimized, but uh, it really, really depends on the DAO structure itself. But I mean, of course, once you have the history, if the person has a full history of participating in many different DAOs, contributing to them, uh, you can trust that data once he is verified, mm -hmm. right? And uh, I think that's what can bring up the mobility. When new people come and the current community can see value in them because they can prove what they are uh, based on what they did in the chat or better based on what they did in the past in other decentralized organizations. Okay, great. Thanks for the answer. Thanks, Danny. Great having you here. So we have about five minutes left. We have time for one more question. If uh, anybody is wanting to, now is your chance. And if not, okay, Dato, is there anything else that you want to talk about today? You know, 
when you're kind of giving the voice to the equal people in, in the voting system and the voice is equal, um, uh, as well, we've mentioned in our white paper, it, it, it kind of brings other problems to the table, right? And uh, it's it's uh, less of a um, you know a certain thing, but uh, it's more of a uh, food for thought. Uh, is um, a controversy of um, delegation, right? So um, of your vote, and um, for a long time, it's been a very big question whether to allow a delegation in the system at all. Because um, basically, um, if you have uh, a system where there's no delegation of voice, it means that only those people who have time and dedication to actually govern. And knowledge. Yeah. And knowledge, you know, are able to express their freedom of word, right? Their opinion directly. And those people who want their voice to be heard somehow and their power to be delegated are kind of cut off. And it, it makes this um, elitist group of people that are, have time, effort, dedication, knowledge to drive governing um, processes to the direction that they can choose, right? And not many people have that time, effort, knowledge, etc. But on the other hand, if you're allowing delegation of, uh, you know, human voice to another human being, then basically you're creating um, a populist trap, right? Where the those who don't know much, like in, inside kitchen of a game that always changes, right? You can have an opinion about things that are going on and the way you can see them, but you don't know the inside kitchen of the government process. That's why you're basically delegating your voice based on the marketing or political marketing of some person or an organization or something, right? And uh, you can fall into this trap of populism that uh, you have entities that are competing for power through uh, trying to grab delegation voices as much as possible to themselves, right? And um, in my opinion, a proper system has to find a delicate balance between one and another. To have like the checks and balances that deliver a balance of structure between elitist uh, politicians that have time, effort, and everything to govern, and those who want to express their voice, but not to make it a populist um, marketplace, you see. So, uh, we are at the one hour mark. Uh, Victor, would you like to do you have any final comments here? Not the final comment, but it just came to my mind that something that is right now really limited by the ecology in crypto is, uh, well, you can have a DAO and operations inside it based on token, but how do you have the cooperation between the DAOs? This is still a big question. And uh, this is something that even the DAO frameworks like Aragon came out with, hey guys, we need this functionality already, but they need a strong identity protocol and, well, in ideally a private one in order to do that. So I think that DAOs will thrive even more. That's how we'll empower that because we will be able to connect them. Okay, well, yeah, that's... Okay. that's so before we press actually, 
There is one last question here. There's actually two. Two, okay. One was from Emre from Become Bell. Okay. Okay. Um, my question is about the delegation part because the delegation mostly calls the centralization on the proof of stake chains. So, do you guys have any estimated plan for that issue, or you are just still planning that balance of the elites and the populist groups? Well, for now, uh, we are going with a delegation to uh, you know, one person has one vote. But you're able to de delegate to anyone in the system. But um, we have a, a special hypothesis that we're going to release this year, how this balance is going to uh, be recreated, through which prism. Uh, but yeah, so wait for it. <laughs> yeah, and you should understand that the delegation, uh, it's just about the vote. It's about decision-making. It's not about infrastructure. So the infrastructure will be distributed and there won't be delegation of, uh, you know, your voting and consensus, but the delegation voting in, in, on decisions in the DAO, only in that sense. And, and one final question here from Andre is, uh, how easy will it be to take back the vote you delegated to someone? In a click, 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 and that's it. Your voice comes back to you, everything's fluid, liquid, Yep, democracy to the max. No regional representatives, no like colleagues of uh, voters. You give your vote to anybody, you take it away in an instant. So that means if you, you delegate to someone because you think that person is funny, it turns out that he's a real clown, and that <laughs> you really turned up to give him a vote, you don't have to wait for more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, well, thank you, everybody. That is this episode of Human on Fireside. Thank um, you very much, guys. We'll be back again in two weeks' time, and I hope everybody has a very, very happy. Yeah, and a special thanks to the very brave, uh, heroic validators and human nodes on our network. Um, thank you very, very much for being with us and going through the pain that we have delivered you with our application. Uh, but uh, we're, we're seeking to become better. Thank you very much. And just as a closing remark here, 985. So we have seven more validators within this hour. Hopefully, we'll be reaching the big 1K milestone within the next couple of hours. Yeah, and if you know someone who wants to be a human or still isn't, just push them so we reach them a thousand. <laughs> time, time to you know, type out, you know, send out the links yeah. and uh, make sure we get more Spread the word, guys. Spread the word. Mm -hmm. okay, once again, thank you cool. very much. Peace out.